This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! You're not from New York City, you're from Rotherham. Yes, it's the warm-up episode 117. It's Brady and Tom. And yes, it's the Rotherham preview. Tom, how are you doing? I'm not bad, mate. I had a lovely week off with the international break yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. Did you do anything nice over the international break? Anything you want to share with the listeners? Oh, um, I scored a goal for the Sunday League team, for my Sunday League team. Um, oh, we were, amazing. We were top of the league briefly, and then we got absolutely battered um, yesterday on Sunday. So we are now mid-table. <laughs> do you want to talk us through your goal? Describe it to us as heroically as you want. Oh, it was... Um, it was a, I'd, I'd say a Luke Beckett classic from about six yards out. I tapped it in from a corner. The keeper made a save and it just came to my feet. Cultured finish, they'd say, probably. <laughs> That's good to hear. Off the mark. That's good to hear. Um, someone else who's going to be off the mark is uh, uh, Sarah Winterburn, editor of Football 365, Huddersfield Town Fan, and making a debut on the warm-up today. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm all good, yeah. First, but hopefully not the last. No, certainly not the last. Um, it's, it's good to get you on. Been been in the pipeline for a while. So, uh, yeah, how are you doing? Are you excited? Ready to talk all things Huddersfield with us? All ready to talk all things Huddersfield. I don't generally get to do this very much uh, unless my brother comes around. So it's nice. I, I, I'm just I'm just imagining that you two are both my brother. He's a little bit older than you, but let's go with it anyway. Okay. So I start sort of punching you in the arm metaphorically. That's just like <laughs> okay. Noted. <laughs> no, good to hear. Um, well, before we get stuck into the Rotherham preview, um, it's time to check in with Huddersfield Town Women. So, as uh, some of the listeners may have seen on Twitter, we have sponsored the Huddersfield Town Women's Captain, Beth Stanfield, for the season. And um, Beth, she's going to do us some little monthly check-ins, tell us how the team's going, how the results are going. And here's the first one. Um, so, they've played four games, and here's what Beth has to say about Huddersfield Town Women's start to the season so far. Yeah, yeah. I think we started off well and then have dropped off a bit, obviously, with the last couple of results. But um, yeah, started off well on the opening day against Fylde. 
Um, we, we did really well to come from behind to win that. Um, and I think our performance was pretty good as well. Um, and then we had our uh, cup match against Middlesbrough at home. So that, again, we won that, I think, 5-3 the score was. But um, that was really pleasing because we had a lot of new players um, either make their first starts or get just get their first minutes essentially for, for us in that game. So that was really good. And then we had, um, we had a really tough week, to be honest. We had Stoke, um, Halifax midweek and then Burnley um, this weekend. So obviously we didn't get any points from those games, which is a bit frustrating. Um, the Stoke game, I don't think we were very good in the first half. Maybe first half an hour we really struggled. Um and we probably deserved to be behind at the break, but we had two big chances just before half time and if we took them if we took those chances then obviously we go into half time either two one or uh level and you know it's a completely different game and then obviously we were trying to chase chase the game and get one back in the second half and they've hit us on the break a couple of times again. So yeah, um then we had Halifax on Thursday. Um obviously a local derby a night game it was really tough um tough game but I think we defended really really well and we were compared to Sunday especially Sunday's performance and we were really resolute um and yeah obviously conceding what the 95th minute I think was pretty much the last kick of the game was um was got in to be honest um so yeah it was really we all felt really low after that um because, you know, that's the one game you kind of don't want to lose. Um, and then... But we had to pick ourselves up pretty quickly because we had Burnley on Sunday. And I thought for maybe 60, 65 minutes, we were we matched them, really. We we, we limited their chances. Um, we, we defended well again. Um, and then, yeah, last half an hour, I think they scored two goals really quickly um, in the second half, one after another, and that just kind of killed us, to be honest. But... Yeah, again, it was frustrating because 5-1, it probably it wasn't a 5-1 game, you know. Um, I think, obviously, we conceded first and then immediately responded and scored a goal to make it one all, And then Burnley got a free kick, which I don't think was a free kick, and they've scored from that. And we've gone in at half-time 2-1 down, which was disappointing. But, yeah, I think the first 20 minutes of the second half, we we looked pretty good. We were pressing them much higher up the pitch um we didn't have many clear-cut chances but we were we were much playing much higher up the pitch and we I think we had more control in the game um but yeah like I said they scored two goals pretty quickly one after another and that just kind of killed us but we can't really dwell on it um it has been a tough week but you know we're looking forward to West Brom at the weekend um we're playing at the Hawthorns so that should be a great experience for everyone um and yeah we've just got to dust ourselves off and go again because I think there's been some good good stuff good football being played some good signs it's just we need to just stick together and and try and get get some points on the board so yeah um yeah mixed start but yeah we've just got to keep going and stick together okay cool so we've heard from Beth so Right, let's get stuck into the Rotherham game. So, football is back, men's football anyway, after the international break. And Huddersfield come back to the league after a win. 
which is uh, it's good uh, against West Brom, uh, one of our old favourites. Well, certainly for you, Tom, anyway, with Carlos. Boom. But this home match is a, is a chance for the Terriers to leapfrog Rotherham and build some distance from the relegation zone. Yes, we're already talking about the relegation zone and building distance so early into the season. Uh, however, the Millers will be standing in their way and they also won before the international break a 2-1 win. Uh, over Norwich, I saw all the Millers fans going into the stadium. On I was I was going into Sheffield actually as well. So, yeah, a um, bit of an interesting one. We when we looked at the fixtures to start with Tom, you know, we kind of earmarked this one as a home game one that they should be winning. How are you feeling about Town now that obviously they got the win before the international break? We've had a little bit of time in between. How are you feeling about Town and this fixture? I, I think I'm 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 feeling pretty good. I think. I think Cosy said it on the main pod after the West Brom game about how I don't think I've watched a game and thought we've played bad, mate. There was there was some bad, very bad spells during that Norwich game, but I think kind of the West Brom game was the payoff for every other performance so far this year. Um, so I'm, I'm not actually feeling that bad, and I've, and and Cosy said I think that's what he said. He was like, if you at the start of the season, said, "All right, we'll probably have four points at the end of this run of fixtures." You might, you'd probably be saying, "Yeah, that's probably about right, fair enough." I'd take that. It was, it's been a very hard run of fixtures these last ones, um, but now it's this is this is the the money makers. These kind of games coming up, aren't they? These are the teams that you you're saying you have to beat if you don't want to be dragged into that uh, that relegation fight. So. Yeah, I'm feeling all right, Brady. I'm not nervous about it. it's too early to get nervous yet. Um, so I'm looking forward to Saturday, especially after the performance against West Brom. Good to hear. And um, Sarah, same question for you. Really, what have you kind of made Huddersfield's start to the season so far? I think I think uh, I think Tom's right. The only the only really disappointing performance was that one against Norwich, wasn't it? Every, everything else there were bits to take out, but they were positive. If we if we come into it with the caveat that we all the caveats we all know about the size of the squad. And, and the gaps there are, particularly up front. I think every, every performance, barring that one against Norwich, there were positives to take from them. And it did, and it sounds like a cliche, but it did feel a bit like it was coming, didn't it? There was like there was going to be a win coming. It, you didn't get that sort of feeling that we got stages last season where you couldn't see where the win was coming from and you couldn't see the, the silver line into the cloud. But I think with, with this season, it sort of felt like it was coming. And I think, you know, that West Brom, the changes that, that Neil made before that West Brom game, they made sense, didn't they? They made every part of that that eleven look better. The defence looked much better with an extra man in there. The midfield looked much better with an extra man in there. In a, a sort of really um, positive performance in there on debut, wasn't there from Ben Wiles? And that just made that look better. That made Rodoni look better. So you're kind of thinking if they can do that again, and there's no reason why they can't. You know, it does seem ludicrous to be talking about six-pointers in early September, but it does feel a bit like this is really big because that, you know, the difference between four points and seven points feels massive at this point, doesn't it? Because, you know, you get those three points, you are straight away into that sort of lower mid-table position where once you're there, the job is to stay there, isn't it? And I think we'd all as town fans take a season of 14th, 15th, 16th without getting involved in the rubbish at the bottom. And there's a chance of that if we can get a bit of momentum going, I think. And, you know, Rotherham's away record is terrible. They haven't won away in the championship since I think it's November. You know, you can look at that two ways, can't you? You can you can look at it as they do one, or you can look at it 
actually, this is the kind of game that Huddersfield really should win. And I, th- I think, like you said, that's this is the fixture where you looked at the start of the season and went, well, if we get to there sort of intact, then that's that's the game where you should be getting three points. And if you get three points against Rotherham, then why not at least a point against Stoke? And then you're building a bit of momentum, aren't you? So I do feel relatively positive, I think, after that West Brom game. It's just a shame that you've got that, you know, the international break is always a bit like that, isn't it? If you lose the game before the international break, you're like, oh, thank God we get a rest, da 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 if you win it, you're kind of like, oh, I want to play next week. So, you know, so you just hope that that sort of feeling of the, the, you know, the feeling of triumph and the momentum isn't lost during these two weeks and that, and that comes Saturday that that positivity is still there. Yeah. And Sarah, I'd, I'd be keen to ask you actually, um, same with whenever we have a guest on, obviously Neil's, um, he's back for this year after the miracle he did last season. Um, how how are you kind of feeling about that? Because I think it's interesting to see. Well, there's certainly a lot of pro and con, cons to it, and you know that's been communicating the fan base. But what are your kind of thoughts on? I, I, feel, I feel like with this with this set of circumstances, with this small squad, this you know we've talked about. You know everybody knows. You know we're two or three injuries away from really. You know using kids, using players you don't want anywhere near the, the pitch really. And you know we've got gaps where there should be. You know obviously we all know about the striker gap. I think if you're going to be in that situation, and this season is a little bit of a holding season, isn't it? Where it's kind of we know there's not going to be any any new players in, we know that there's no money to spend, so it's kind of hold what you have. I think in those circumstances, I wouldn't ask for anybody else because he can squeeze blood out of a stone and all those things. What I worry about is if how much forward planning there is. You know, we don't want to be sitting there in May and going right. So now what? You know, you kind of want, I'm hoping that behind the scenes there are things going on to say what comes next. Because I think just asking an old man to do another year every year is not really a very good plan. You know, you'd, you would hope that he he's part of it and trying to identify, you know, possible coaches because, you know, you, with this squad in this in this circumstance, great. But, you know, I think going forward, there needs, does need to be a plan. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, Tom, um, I don't know if you saw, but I, the metaphorical, you know, the imaginary linesman, if you like, he's waved his flag to the corner. So that means one thing and one thing only. It's time for Tom's History Corner. Tom, take us away. Tom's History Corner. Um, yes, uh, it's quite a, an interesting, a brief history, I'd say, of this between Rotherham. Um, the first game, believe it or not, was as recent as 1952 that we played Rotherham. So not not that far back really compared to what we've had in the last few weeks Brady um we I mean we've only played them 60 times town pretty dominant here 130 drawn 18 and only lost the 12 games and that first game in 1952 was a win as well um and it was town their first season in the second division since then since 1920 and town won that game one nil at Leeds Road in front of over 30,000 and they only spent a season in the uh, second division that year and got straight back promoted. Bluminette, what a beautiful time that must have been being a town fan. Just get relegated and go straight back up. Um, and then obviously the last game we played was um, 20, it wasn't even this year, Brady, it was uh, 2022. It was on New Year's Eve and um, we won 2 0. Jordan Rhodes and Dwayne Holmes, it was, and Mark Fotheringham sensed some belief that town were turning the tides there during that game i remember he was getting very excited um and look how that turned out poor mark <laughs> um and then 
digging through those results, Brady, there was a pretty epic game during town's statistically worst ever season um, where we drew four all in the first round of the League Cup. Um, a hat-trick from Duncan Shearer and a goal from Mark Barham got the draw. And then I think in the, it, it used to be when there used to be rounds in the League Cup and in the second round, um, town, I think, lost 3-1 away at Rotherham and got knocked out early on. Never been good in that cup, have we? Um, and then played for both. Guess who's there? Guess who's on the list? The all-time favourite, Alan Lee. What a legend. Um, my favourite player for town. But he's a cult hero at Rotherham as well. In As in the early 2000s, he scored the winning goal against Brentford, um, which got Rotherham promoted to what is now the championship. Uh, uh, I've, I've seen videos of that. It was pretty pretty wild celebrations at, at the... What, was it, what did it used to be called there, Graham? God, I can't remember. I was going to say Millmore, but I've, I might be completely wrong there. So you might have to cut that, Brady. <laughs> but it's it's a good old good old classic Alan Lee celebration there. Beautiful scenes. Um, we had Ian Banks in the late 80s, um, Neil Haig in the late 60s and early 70s, covering both teams. And then more recently, I mean, you've got Lee Peltier, who's there now. Uh, Reg was there on loan a couple of years ago. Sean Morrison is there now, isn't he? Um Obviously, Ben Wiles is now with us. Uh, can you think of any others? I think there's a few that are a lot more recent. I couldn't really find many from back in the day. Yeah. Tom, I can't believe you forgot another well-loved person on this podcast, Scott High. Scott High was there, obviously. Scotty High was there, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Danny Ward, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Warner's favourite son. Sorry, yeah. did I steal yours there, sir? <laughs> No, no, no. Danny was the only one I could think of, but it's, yeah, I, I do like that how often Alan Lee must come up on this. That he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he must be a he must be a very regular appearer on this uh, section of the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry about that. I mean, we we did a cartoon about him last year, Sarah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you should get him on. Show him. I will try one day. One day. He will. He will grace our presence. I think Is he's within right his sphere. I don't think. I don't think Alan Lee's too big for this. I don't know. No I don't one's think I'd be able to. I don't think I'd be able to speak to him. Me get starstruck. Yeah. <laughs> well, lovely stuff. Well, Tom, I, I'm I'm pleased because you know when we got rid of the Alan Lee comic, I thought, how are you going to get Alan Lee in here? But you just find a way, and that's what I'm you always going to find a way to shoehorn Alan Lee in. Yeah. <laughs> Good to hear. Um, but Tom, speaking of uh, speaking of Rotherham, um, let's kind of let's talk about them. Is there anything you think town fans sh- should look out for uh, in this one? Obviously, um, like you said, Ben Miles is facing his old club uh, quite soon after joining from us. But um, anything that caught your eye? Because I know you like to have a little look at stuff. Um, I quite like the kind of the the because they brought in quite a few, haven't they, of the summer and. It's, it's been a for me it looks like it could be a quite a good mixture of um experience and then a couple of exciting players but it's like i mean it's jordan hugel being there makes me worried a bit because i just he's one of those that always seems to he he always seems to play well against town and then he'll pick, stick up and find a find a goal there as well but it's players like that, isn't it, Brady, for me? I mean, Morrison, uh, 
great centre-back. He's 32, so you could... But, I mean, look at Tom Lee still doing a job for us. So, um, it's going to be a tough game. They've not really conceded many. I mean, they haven't kept a clean sheet yet, but I don't think, apart from the Cup where they lost 6-1 to Stoke, but obviously, obviously there's quite a lot of changes that <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention that one, but yeah. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm reliably informed they're pretty good defensively, apart from... Yeah. Uh, apparently the left back is a bit susceptible, so that's that's where the danger is. Apparently, I spoke to spoke to a, one of my boys who's who's a Rotherham fan today, just to make sure I actually knew something about Rotherham before I came on. And he tells us me that Cohen Bramall is gets caught out, so there's there's a, the left back is the weak spot. But apparently, um, Jordan Hugel gets a little bit isolated up front, away from home. So, you know, I think the the probably the three at the back should shackle him relatively easily. She says ridiculously because that clearly won't happen. But um, how bizarre is it though to see a player called Cafu play for Rotherham? That's just like, absolutely blows my mind. <laughs> What's that about? Yeah, it just, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking Brazil shirt in Rotherham. That's the only time you'd like to see it. But yeah, no. <laughs> um, that was bad. I mean, Sarah, do, you talked a little bit there about a week's but do you, do you think this is a good a good game to, to make it two wins in a row? Obviously, you already talked about their away form and how it's not the best. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a, I think it's a it's a great fixture to have. Um, I think confidence wise, they apparently don't play very well away from home. They they they're not as front foot as they are at home. So I think this is the kind of game that really we should be dominating. We should not, you know, this shouldn't be a a sort of back to the wall stuff. This should be actually putting ourselves on that game, and you know it's it's massive for them as well. They're in exactly the same situation as we are, aren't they? In terms of just trying to sort of pull away a little bit, so it could be quite cagey, I think, because there's going to be a, quite a lot of tension there, I think. But we should go into it as as favourites, and you know, undoubtedly, just on the basis that you know Rotherham's away form is so poor. That you know, to, to not win away from home in almost a year—that's not by accident, is it? That's not a quirk. That's that's a mindset problem. That's a confidence yeah. problem. That's a you know, possibly the system not working when they don't when they're not on the front foot. But you know, like I said, ter- you know, as long as that international break hasn't broken that momentum a little bit, and you know, to get two and two on the bounce would be absolutely massive, I think, for town. And I, and I think I assume he's going to stick stick with the same team. I don't see any reason to change that. Clearly worked a lot better. Than, than the four at the back, we know there's a lot of individual mistakes in the in in those first few games where there wasn't necessarily a problem with the system, but there were individual mistakes. And having that extra person at the back, I think, makes a big difference. You know, giving that extra layer of layer of um, authority out that little little safety net as well. And obviously, you know, we know last you know last few years, a town side with good wing backs can be pretty effective, can't it? Definitely, definitely. Oh, you've got got me feeling positive. That's good to hear. But um, Tom, who did you? Uh, you know, you know what time it is. It's time for you to to get on the blower. Who did you uh, speak to for this week's fan phoning? Um, I caught up with Matt, um, and we had a good old chat about Rotherham ahead of Saturday, Brady. <laughs> Hello, this is Tom Bradshaw, and you're listening to the Fan Phone-In. Hello, caller. Tell us about your team. Hi, I'm Matt. Thanks for joining us. Um, tell us about the positives that Rotherham can take from last season. Last season, we were full of positives. Obviously, survivals was was massive for us. Three relegations in a row prior to that, from the Championship, obviously. 
to finally break that yo-yo was was huge. It really was a weight off everybody's shoulders for fans, players. The day we confirmed it against Middlesbrough, you could just it felt this weight lift from felt like the entire stadium. Um, and that's obviously you can I can only imagine the positive that's that's brings through the club when you finally achieve something up from you've been trying to do for six years, whatever it was. We've been trying to do it was massive. Who's your favourite Rotherham player and why? I've got a new signing Cafu. I signed him from Forest in the summer. Uh, he'd not played for Forest for like a year, so it took a bit, he's, he's taken a bit of time to get up to speed. But he's got he's one of them players that's just got that X factor. He'll do something stunning, he'll score a stunning free kick or or whatever, play assist or whatever. And then two minutes later, he'll do something really stupid, lose you the ball and get a booking or something like that. But he is good fun. He's good fun to watch. Good fun to good fun to uh, to have around. I think in, in the squad. Um, and he's got that quality. He's a quality above everybody else in the team. He has got the like I said, got that, that ability to pick a pass or just do something that nobody else on the team can even think of. So yeah, he, he, I think he has helped move us forward uh, in the games he's played. Well, he was suspended for one of them because uh, he got a second yellow. But he, he's he's a great great player. I think. Sounds like a a good addition. That does Matt. Um... Talking of new additions, Matt Taylor, he's uh, getting into his first full season as manager. What are your thoughts on him? Matt Taylor's football is progressive. I think he's a step up from Paul One. I think it's 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 a progression um, that the club have seen and trying to bit trying to do and trying to build upon. We obviously didn't want Paul One to leave at the time, but it it, it feels like it maybe it may well have been a blessing in disguise. He talks to talk, Matt Taylor. He really does, and the football's moving forward. We, we other than the Stoke game, we lost four one. We've been in every single game. Um, we've beaten beaten Norwich, who are obviously the one of the form teams in the division. It's really, really really positive into what Matt Taylor's trying to do, and it's it seems to be working. So, have any of the uh, new summer signings improved this squad, in your opinion? And who is your favourite? Uh, I would say Chris Tiahi, who came. It was a Wigan, I think. I think it was from Sloven Liberec or something like that, for what was a club record fee at the time for about five hundred thousand. Um, he's just really cool on the ball. You know, when you're in under a bit of pressure, get him on the ball. It just calms everything down. He's got that. He's got that quality. Really, really has got that quality on the ball that we've missed since Barlasser left in January. Very different player, but has similar qualities in terms of looking after the ball. Uh, so he's certainly one to watch out for. And now the big question: What? Is your score prediction for this Saturday? Our away record is horrific. Um, two wins since Matt, away from home since Matt Taylor took over nearly, nearly a year ago. But these are games. But we against Sunderland, we were positive and we tried to target and put pressure on the other opposition. So hopefully we're doing the same again. And I will go. We're not going to keep a clean sheet. I don't think. So I will go probably two one to the Mills. Cheers, Matt. See you later, mate. And there we go. Lovely chat with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to hear from Matt. Yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, let's move on because it's time for Quada's question. A few things, things change, but also a lot of things are still the same. Okay, so for this one, uh, I was thinking we were struggling, Tom. We normally prep these in advance, but we let's be honest, the international break had messed with us, and we we forgot. We were, you know, thinking, oh, God, we do have to do a Robin preview. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, the question this week was, you could have one current Huddersfield Town player represent England. Who are you picking and why? So, as always, I'm going to read some of the listeners' responses and then I'm going to ask uh, you two for your choice. Uh, so, the first one was uh, Cam Fry. He said, 
Lee Nichols, besides his recent mistakes, is an absolutely brilliant and reliable goalkeeper. He's commanding in the air, a good shot stopper, the whole package. Um, yeah, Nick Jenkinson, I just like this because it was it was short. He just said Danny Ward, didn't say why. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Ward. And uh, Declan Rattigan says, back in the Prem, it should have been Jonathan Hogg. England were crying out for a holding midfielder to protect the defence, and he did that perfectly. Currently, it's got to be Nichols based on performances, although I'd look, Hudlin would be fun to watch alongside Harry Kane. Mm. Um, do you remember that stuff, Tom, about the uh, Hogg for England? I, yeah, I, I do. Well, it was all because Calvin Phillips was mentioned, wasn't it, for Leeds when he was in the Championship. Everyone was really pushing that. And it's like, well, Hoggy's Hoggy's doing it in the Prem with ease. You did... I don't know. It was a weird one, wasn't it? You know, it would have been hilarious, wouldn't it? it? Just even if he'd have just got called up for, to like, who was it? Was it Ricky Lambert that came off the bench against someone and scored? Um, yeah. Even if he just did that against Moldova or something like that, it'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? But yeah, Hudlin's a great shout. I'd love to see that. <laughs> um, I also remember at the time people were saying, "Well, you know, Tom Ince because he was," uh, and I was like, "Yeah." Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Sarah, what about what about you? Do you have any, you know, you're taking well, the wind out of my sails there because I was going to say Jonathan Hogg anyway because I just think the amusement of being called up at his age from a really terrible championship side, and also just because I personally have been on a hobby horse about um, Jordan Henderson getting called up, I would have liked Gareth Southgate just to get rid of Henderson, bring in Hogg. Because that would teach him a lesson, wouldn't it? Just to yeah. prove that, you know, the bottom bottom half of the championship is much better than the Saudi Arabian League. So sod you, mate. We're bringing in Jonathan yeah. Hogg. It will definitely do a job. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, that midfield for England against Ukraine want the best. So uh, exactly, yeah. do, do, do a job in there, wouldn't he? Yeah, it wasn't. Effort. Don't get me on a Southgate rant here. I'm I'm here to talk about town. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well. I've, I've turned. I was always, I was always broadly pro Southgate, but this, these, these decisions this week are just utterly ludicrous. Yeah. So it can go for me yeah. as long as they don't take Warnock. <laughs> can you imagine if they yeah. just brought him in on a short-term deal to take England to the Euros? It'd be yeah, amazing. Just, just to get him to the Euros. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Matty Pearson comes in for Harry Maguire straight away. Yeah. <laughs> Does he still Danny have a Ward for... would get in then, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Does he still have a number for Adrian Littlejohn? Can, you know, who, who can he get in? It's a shame Paddy oh. Kenny's Irish. Oh, oh God. so good. Oh, I want, I, want, I want that to happen. If we manifest, as the kids say, maybe it'll happen. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, then you wouldn't need a midfield. It'd be great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who needs a midfield? I'm just, I'm just imagining um, him having a conversation with Harry Kane about how he's dropped him for Danny Ward because he offered yeah. him off the ball. Um, <laughs> Tom, run the who, channels, who, Harry. You've got to run the channels. <laughs> um Tom, who who would you pick? Are you are you picking Hudlin then, or are you going for? Anything? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Hudlin for the comedy value. Just it'd be very Mike Bassett, wouldn't it? I mean, getting a call up for a, a lad who's yeah been playing, not even not even really. Has he made a championship start yet, Hudlin? No. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Hudlin. <laughs> Oh, fair. To be fair, it's a bit like uh, when Sven called up Walcott when he was 16. It's a number like yeah. that, maybe. 
Uh, yeah, I, I said it earlier, but I would like to see Matty Pearson uh, in there. I just yeah. think it'd be funny. Like, you know, especially if it was alongside like John Stones, like a more modern defender, and you've just got Pearson. <laughs> Kicking it away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Harry Maguire's made a very good career out of it. So Yeah, true. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed that. We got a lot more out of that than I thought it would. So that's what maybe we should do these on the fly, Tom. That's what I'm. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, cool. Well, anyway, we'll compose ourselves because we're approaching half time here on the podcast. Um, so if you're heading to the game this Saturday, uh, you nip down to the concourse. You want a little tasty beverage? Uh, you know, you can get there. But if you can't wait till Saturday. Don't forget, you can get 10% off all online orders with the code AHTTT10 at magicrockbrewing.com. Uh, yeah, and you'll, if you listen, if you watch on YouTube, you'll see it on the little ticker at the bottom. So there you go. And Tom's waving it, waving the beers. So got there we two go. two drinks, Tom. Is that, is that you know, it's an emergency, and then. <laughs> uh, you Not never know when you might spill. Exactly. I've <laughs> got a second half. Lovely stuff. Right. Okay, we're going to come back and we'll talk about Huddersfield very, very shortly. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, so we've changed after in the break. We talked a little bit about Rotherham. Let's get stuck into Huddersfield. So, ahead of this previous show, uh, we did a poll on Twitter, slash X, whichever you want to call it, asking, Are you happy with Huddersfield Towns? summer transfer window. So a reminder of the ins, uh, I would list all the outs, but there's about 30 of them. Uh, so the ins, Ben Wiles, Chris Maxwell, Delano Bergzorg, and Tom Edwards. So 9.73% uh, were happy. 366 uh, were not happy. And 52.3% were in between happy and not happy about the window. Sarah, what about yourself? How do you uh, feel about this, the transfer window? I think I think when you talk about the, the numbers about the outs, they're 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 alarming, aren't they? But then when you look at the list, there's a lot of nobodies and unwanted. You know, there's is there a single name in there that you would think, oh, I wish they were in the team now? Mm. You know, this it, it, there's, there's a massive amount. You know, there's a massive list, but the names aren't great, aren't they? You know, Dwayne Holmes might be doing quite well at Preston now, but. We we all know he's not massively consistent. So would we would he get in this team? I'm not sure. Obviously, the, the more worrying thing is is that how much longer that list is than the names coming in. And obviously, you're talking about four players coming in. You're talking about a reserve keeper who's probably going to play minutes, if that. Um, Edwards, obviously, as soon as the system was changed, he's out on his ear anyway. Very, you know, middling fullback at best. 
I think obviously we're, we're sort of intrigued a little bit by the um, by the Bergsog uh, signing. That's that's a little bit of an element of excitement, isn't it? A bit of an unknown. And there's definitely something in him that that can produce things out of nothing, which you know Huddersfield are massively lacking. Obviously, the interesting one is the Wiles one. It's it's not exactly mind blowing, is it? But it's kind of it clearly works. He's clear. He's clearly a good player. He's clearly a, a technical. You know, fits in well into that midfield. I suppose what you're saying is there should have been two or three more, and I think everybody knows there should have been two or three more, particularly particularly a striker, obviously. And there's going to be a case of sort of making do, isn't there? At least till January, and, and hopefully there will be some money available at some point. But you know, it's it's it, it isn't great, is it? We all know it's not great. The numbers are small, but also we haven't lost anybody. That's you know, it could have been worse. We could have lost players. You know, if somebody had come in and offered decent money for Rodoni or, you know, as they could have done after a decent first season and we'd have been looking at it and thinking, you know, the club looking at it and thinking we've, we've got to accept any kind of any kind of offer for any player. So I don't think we're massively worse off, but, you know, we, we all know it could have been better. Yeah, yeah, hard to disagree. Um, Tom, I mean, your thoughts on the window and, you know, obviously people have talked about free agents. Would you be looking to bring in any free agents or, like Sarah said, maybe wait till January? Eh? Yeah, it's, it's the depth for me there. Um, and it's like looking at that bench on Saturday against West Brom and you've only really got Nakayama on that bench that you'd kind of class as a, a seasoned pro is it probably do you know what I mean all the rest have seen pretty much out of the academy I mean Edmunds Green's a funny one because he feels like he's been around long enough now where I, I, but I still don't put him in that kit really that I'd say he's a, a consistent championship starter so that, that's the it's that that's the worrying thing I think I think the, this this far in is really good and you're touching on the the free agent market I mean, I haven't looked this week, Bredis. So I'm not sure who's still actually knocking about on there, but I feel like we've we have missed out on a few who we did mention um, a few weeks ago, didn't we? Um, but if there are a couple of experienced, I think that's one thing that we're just lacking: depth, experience in the depth there. And if you can have, and and I know he's apparently been training with us, but Junior Hoylet knocking about on the bench, kind of thing. There's experience there. I'd rather bring him on in the last 10 minutes to protect a... Do you know what I mean? If we're defending a 1-0 win and you want someone with that experience who you know is gonna, not going to come on and make a silly mistake, he's going to mm. be set to buffer out. I'd rather have someone like that coming on for that last 10 minutes than, I mean, and I love the enthusiasm Harrod's got. He came on and tried to score from one of the stupidest, tightest <laughs> angles against West Brom I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, bloody heck, good confidence there, lad. But do you know what I mean? I want, want him to be coming on and doing that job where you're like, right, you're, you've got to come on now and you've got to get up there, be annoying, win those fouls and stuff. and Take it to the corner. Away. Exactly. <laughs> not try to score from <laughs> <laughs> on the dead ball line, basically. So I think if there are, a couple of free agents that you'd class as experienced championship players. They've been about, they know what they're about. And I'd say if you can offer them a one-year deal, mm. um, get them in just just as no one's getting. For me, your starting eleven is pretty much sorted now. We just need someone as backup, really. 
I think the problem with this is obviously we don't know behind, you know, every wage has got to be accounted for, hasn't it? That's the mm. thing. So, if you're, you know, if you're looking yeah. at FFP, looking at those things, you, you, you know, so you might think, oh, yeah, but just bring in Julian Hollard because he's around. Yeah. But if you're saying, well, we've got to commit two grand a week to him, then that's something that possibly the club doesn't want to do. We don't know where the numbers are. Obviously, I think I think there was a, a bit of pantomime about that whole thing with the owner and, and Warnock and sort of blaming each other a little bit. And I think that was all a bit of games from certainly from Warnock's point of view to make sure that the fans were on his side and not and not the clubs. But you know, I think I think I have to take it with a pinch of salt that he didn't realise that he couldn't bring in someone else and he didn't understand that the giving the new contracts would count an extra. But we've got to assume that giving contra- a contract to a free agent may or may not be in their in their plans, in their budget at the moment. So we might find that nothing happens. I think I think it's a very high chance that we we have what we have and we and we carry on with that and just cut our cloth, etc., and hope that things get better and hope that. But you, you know, it's, it's all about the depth, like you say. That that, that you know to, to still have Danny Ward as the the as your number one striker and to not really have another option. That's you know for him to be so far ahead of everybody else is a little bit scary when you're trying to trying to create a championship side. But you know, like I said, if you if you want any man in charge of that situation, then it's Warnock, and I'm sure he's in he's in the owner's ear all the time, trying to get something else over the line constantly. But hmm. I don't know. It's it's an easy one to look at and think we should have done more. We should have done more. But unless you're the one who's looking at the numbers, you know, it's sort of a bit of dreamland, really, isn't it? To look at all these other players who've joined other championship clubs yeah. and say, oh well, he scored for them. He could have been scoring for us, but. We don't know the numbers, do we? So it's hard to hard to judge from the outside. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you both in terms of the transfer window. I'm I'm in between. I, I don't think who we brought in is actually bad. I think we just like like you kind of touched on there, Sarah. We're just two or three short. Um, I mean, in terms of free agents, I'm I'm with you, Tom. I know people aren't exactly wild about Junior Hoyler, but if, if the budget was available. I, th- I think, um, you know, I was chatting to a Reading fan and they were saying, you know, he's good for half an hour and he can put a good cross in, you know, like still uh, can whip a ball in. And I don't know, it's just, would you trust, although Pat Jones has looked exciting in cameos, would you trust someone who's a bit more experienced? I probably would. Um, I don't think we're yeah. in a position to be sniffy about Junior Hoylet, to be honest. Yeah. No, I don't <laughs> Somebody with that kind of experience, like you say, yeah. who knows... Played under played under enough good managers to know what to do in those situations. Are, you know, how we are we pushing? Are we pushing? Are we holding? You know, he, he he's not like you say he's not some 21, 21, 22 year old kid who might you know shrink like a rabbit in the headlights in yeah, that sort of situation. So I think if the money allows, I think it's a bit of a no brainer to bring in anybody like that. And I'm I'm absolutely certain that Warnock's doing everything he can to sort of shove and push and put pressure on. And you know, that's what that whole performance was about. <laughs> the other week, you know, that was all about. Like, I'm going to make this very public so that we all know where we're, which which direction we're looking in when things aren't going well. So, you know, he's a master at this stuff, isn't it? It's all games. It's all games. He'll be he'll be pushing and pushing behind the scenes. I'm sure of it. Oh, definitely. And I mean, the the only other, I mean, obviously the the one that everyone was talking about, Warnock himself included. All summer was a striker, and we didn't bring anyone in. I mean. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be in a situation where you're looking at free agents, really. But I mean, to be honest, the only one I think we're, you're not going to get a striker who's going to replace Danny Ward. However, you want someone to rotate, and obviously, you don't want to um, impact Keen Harrod because I think he has looked good. You know, he's got a goal and assist to his name already this season. If you count the 
the, the cup. So the other one I saw that was probably realistic was Chris Martin. Obviously, he was last at. I was just going to say that as yeah, well. Really. Someone like that, I think, yeah. is um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against it on a year deal. Um, because yeah. like say, to be honest, I know people work wild about Martin Waghorn, but um, I think that's the kind of striker we probably need for this season. Someone to rotate and do. Has that. anybody thought about asking Alan Lee or? <laughs> oh, don't get me dreaming, Sarah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You never move much anyway, so you know <laughs> exactly. And if you just imagine you just wanted to stand up, and stand there, and be awkward. It's all good. Yeah, <laughs> get fling a few elbows out, sorted. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think you're probably right, though, Sarah. I'd be surprised if we uh, if we do see anyone in, um, and at least until January. But who knows? You know, you can turn them at any time. Uh, okay, we'll kind of come back to, to Rotherham then. Um, Tom, are you kind of of the opinion then that this is town should really be winning this? You know, I know we, we kind of touched on, but um, yeah, it's at home. I think this is a really good chance, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the setup against West Brom was really good, but I think I'd be maybe potentially bringing back in Diara into this mix. I think. I think him running at that defence could, could be quite interesting because looked a bit naive at times, but like in some of those games he's he's he has worried defence when he's got hold of the ball and he's he's won a lot of free kicks in kind of good positions and stuff. So um I mean I, I'd probably pop him in again, maybe instead of Headley. Um and I I I really thought um Nakiyama looked really good when he came on for that last was it about 20 minutes mm-hmm. picked that ball up at the back was so direct every time didn't mess around with it he played an absolutely beautiful ball in I think it was actually the ball for Kean Harrett and his um shot from the 180 degree angle or whatever it would be something like that um, <laughs> so maybe give Nakiyama his his first start of the year because I feel like he's he's offering a bit more in a, in an attackiness sense, than possibly Ruffles or um, Kasumu, I guess, as a, a fullback. Because um, very briefly last year we saw him, but did he did he score two goals in that first couple of games, something like that? I think it was. Yeah, was I mean, he, he popped he up with a header. Yeah. yeah, and then that looped one against Millwall. So yeah, um, I think you've got you've got to go for it. Like Sarah's touched on the um, their record away, you've got to be you you can't give them a sniff that they've got a chance here today. You've got to be set, mm. you've got to keep their mentality of oh we're not very good away are we? Because um, they are they are due one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's key. I think it's to give them time to settle into thinking. Oh, actually, you know these 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 guys aren't that good, and and you and. And also, you don't want. Well, we've all been, you know, you don't want the stadium to start muttering and losing interest here. So it's got to be. I think it's got to be going early and going strong and trying to get a bit of atmosphere going and and and, and to stop those kind of mumbles and grumbles before they start because the the tide will soon switch, won't it? You know, because they're going to be noisy. You know, the, the way fans from Rotherham, it's going to be a good turnout from them. They're going to be noisy as hell. They've come back, like you said, they've come off a really good win against Norwich. You know, they're gonna their tails are gonna be up. 
so they need needs to be sort of dampened straight away you know this this is this is our patch and we're we are the better side and show that i think that's the that's the key isn't it and we you know for all the criticism about Warnock's style, and we, we have looked more front foot this this season. We have, you know, the, there was a bit of a needs must about the end of last season, wasn't there, where it was a little bit like staying games, staying games, and then try and nick something, you know, try and really, you know, the classic sort of backs to the wall, make it make you make yourselves tough to beat. And I think this season it has been a little bit more front foot, which has made, made us look a little bit um, vulnerable sometimes to the counter, but. It, you know, it's better to watch, isn't it, as well, and it's better to see. So I think, and, it, and it's exactly the kind of game where, like you say, you don't, although I suspect it might get cagey, cagey's not going to suit us in this situation because, like you said, Rotherham will get their tails up and start believing a little bit, whereas I think if we go for it quite early doors, try and put that pressure on camp, try and get in their half, stay in their half, and, you know, treat them with respect, but also with the idea that, you know, we should go into this thinking we're going to win this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right, well, it's that time for match predictions then, uh, then you two. So um, what we're thinking for, for this one, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to do a repeat of the New Year's Eve game. I think Tam are going to win this 2-0. I think uh, the momentum's going to, you know, we're going to come out, we're going to start fast. And uh, I think if we get the first goal, um, I think that's them done. Like, as you say, Sarah, that away record is, is bad. So the heads will drop your hope anyway. Um, yeah. Who am I predicting to score? Rodoni, and I'm going to get Kean Harrett. Uh, I think he's going to score. Um, Sarah, what about yourself? What's your your match prediction for this one? Well, I'm going to go two one. Okay. Struggling to see a clean sheet, <laughs> so I'll go two one. And why um, why not Danny Ward off early doors, and then Karoma off the bench for the second. Oh yeah, I like that. You heard it here first. Yeah. Well, we'll come back. We're doing predictions. <laughs> is, is the prize is, is the prize a pint of magic rock? Is that how it works? <laughs> uh, it can be. Yeah. Two, two pints. <laughs> one for, one for... Yeah, two pints. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Two cases, I think. If you want to, I'll give you the email afterwards. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> that'll be the prize. Good to. Uh, Tom, what about you? Um. Ooh, I mean, I mean, Sarah's kind of touching on the the. They haven't. I don't think they've not scored in a game yet, have they? So it would be quite good to get a clean sheet here today. I'd, I'd put that down as well done, Town, if if we kept a clean sheet. Because although they they've lost a few, they they have scored in every game, um, and I'd absolutely love to keep a clean sheet. So I am going to go one nil Town, and it's going to be one of those horrible ones for Rotherham fans because Ben Wiles is going to score and it's going to be oh. 1-0 win for town. <laughs> is he, he going to celebrate? or? Yeah, he'll, go, he'll do uh, the Adebayo. Adebayo. <laughs> <laughs> runs the length of the pitch just yeah. sliding on his knees towards the Rotherham fans. Oh, Tremendous. You, yeah. you imagine. I think town fans would love it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, um, just briefly, I've seen the board. The uh, again, that pesky imaginary board. It's it's been lifted up, so we're heading into extra time on this pod. So it means it's time for the mailbag. You've got mail. We've got two questions this week, uh, both from people who've actually been on the pod before. Um, so we kind of touched on this, but I'll, I'll just ask you both quickly. Joe Scott asks, uh, I think the answer to this is obvious, but are you happy with uh, Hudlin and Harrett as backups? Sarah, what do you think? <laughs> um, 
I think, uh, yeah, I think we've covered it, haven't we? We'd, we'd all quite like to have somebody who's probably scored more than you know. You should be. I would like. I would like a striker who who would, who couldn't count their senior goals on one hand. I think that's the that's the key. <laughs> Someone who had some sort of pedigree at some sort of level. You know, I think. I think you know, one has talked about this this week, hasn't he? That he wants to give them a chance, and but that is. But what else can he say? Because that's what he's left with at the moment. So, you know, him sort of keep keeping the banging the drum of I wanted another striker, I wanted another striker, wouldn't be good for them. So he's got to kind of put some faith in them. But I think, you know, as town fans, I think we would all like to be looking at the bench and thinking, oh, there's a goal in him when he comes on. Or, you know, if Danny Ward has a, has a bad five, six games, there's somebody else to come in. I think I think at the moment, the pressure on Ward is massive for a, for a player who... You know, two or three years ago, we thought we'd, we'd barely finish half a season, and now we're kind of going. It's all on you, mate. <laughs> and the backups are, are are very green. So yes, we would. I think we would. I'd be surprised if anybody doesn't want another option in there. Yeah, Tom. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you don't disagree. No, but I do. He's going to go crazy and say, "No, <laughs> fine, happy." <laughs> I do think there is a there is a player in this Kian Harrod. That is, I think the thing that just gets me really excited is that confidence he's got. He stepped up to the championship and he's he's going out there. I know it, it when he took the shot, it was like, "What are you doing, mate?" But to take that shot in the first place, it's like it's just it's hilarious. He he, he obviously saw <laughs> their keeper just off the line a little bit, and it's like, why not? And the ball he plays to Rodone for the goal, absolute beautiful. Pin perfect onto the chest. Um, so I, I still think, I, I mean Rhodes in there. I mean you had you had your other experienced striker, really, didn't you? That's the that's kind of the weird thing about the situation. You had that other experienced striker, um, and it's kind of like you're touching on the likes of Chris Martin and stuff, Brady. It's like yeah, but we, you had Jordan Rhodes there anyway. Um, so. I still think, yeah, we need that. We need that other option. But Kean Harrod, very excited for the seeing him for the rest of this season. And um, I'm looking forward to Hudlin finally getting on for his first league appearance, just to just to see what it's for. And you know what I mean? Last minute Hudlin coming on to just cause a bit of chaos up top. <laughs> yeah. I can see that happening this weekend, actually. I feel like Rob Rums the type of game. <laughs> yeah, he could come on. Yeah, no, touched on it. I, I, yeah, he's. I, I'd forgotten about Rhodes. I mean, Warnock clearly never fancied him, but yeah, that's the strange. It's really funny that one because I, I, all I remember through the preseason when I'm reading the articles, watching the videos. Oh, Jordan Rhodes, basically one of the fittest players in the squad. His running's brilliant. Oh, he's so much effort going in. It's like it, it just, yeah, bit of a weird one. But what are you gonna do? Eh? What are you gonna do? Um. But yeah, and also uh, James asked, uh, we have also touched on this. I didn't expect us to touch on these uh, questions, so this should be fairly sh uh, short. He says, is it too early to be describing Rotherham as a must-win game? I think one of you actually said that. Uh, but Sarah, what do you think? Yeah, exactly. I said it's a bit early to be talking about six-pointers, but I do think it, I do think this is the potential to massively swing. It's, it's, a big, yeah. it's, a, it's a big one for either side, isn't it? 
And it's one of them where you think, well, it's not a must win. I think it's, it's, it is more, and it's a massive cliche, it's, it's a bit more must not lose. That's not how you want to go into it. You, you want to go into it as a team thinking you're going to win it. Absolutely. Do not go in looking for a draw. But what you don't want to do is lose. Find yourself rather than pulled away from you and we're right in the mire. It's really mm. difficult to get out of there once you're in it. And, you know, even if you draw a game, you can spin it, kind of, it's two games and beat, and we go into, you know, there's, there's a feeling of a kind of forward motion. Whereas I think if we lose to Rotherham, it's going to feel very much like one step forward, two back, isn't it? That's, you know, and you're right in the, right in the, in the shit there, aren't you, really? Yeah. And that's, it's a difficult, it's a difficult place to get out of, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, it's not too early. It's massive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't disagree. And we, we certainly saw it last, um, last season where, you know, under our various managers, uh, probably before Neil, but you think, well, if you can't beat the, you know, no disrespect to Rotherham, but if you can't beat Rotherham at home with the away record that they have, then who can you beat? You know, it's one of them, isn't it? Um, mm. And it, we saw that a lot last season. So, yeah, I, I think I, I completely agree with you, Sarah. I think it's a must-not-lose rather than a than a must-win. Tom, do you, are you, is it a agreement all around? I think this, I think this kind of comes into one thing that we have touched on for the the problem with town is what is it and um, it's one of my favorite stats i think Poza said on the main pod was uh, town have been involved in in the last 20 years i think three seasons we've not been involved in a either playoff promotion chase or a relegation battle and um it it's almost like it, i think it's the mentality you, i'd like to think that they're going out to win this game on Saturday. I mean, I'm pretty sure Neil Warnock, every game he's going out to win. But I think if you're turning up and thinking, as long as we don't lose to him, then you're almost resigning to the fact, oh, we're going to be in a relegation battle this season. Do you know what I mean? Because I get that. I get that, Sarah, that kind of, as long, because I've always thought, as long as you don't lose teams in and around you, then they've not gained anything on you. Mm. But like, it's too early to be like saying that we need to be thinking they need to be in that dressing room. Like, right, let's go out. Let's, let's get this charge on. Look, we're, we're on four points already. Pick up a couple of wins. Now you get halfway up the table early on. Um, so six point, uh, maybe not, but it, it probably is a must win. Yeah. Cause I do think like you say, it's if we lose, we're, we're right in it. Yeah, I think it's that mentality thing of do we as do we as a club accept that this is going to be a relegation seat relegation battle of a season? And I think most of us probably think it is going to be, but they uh, let's hope they don't think that. Let's hope that yeah. in that dressing room they don't think here we That's go again as yeah. another season of a relegation battle. And right now they shouldn't. They should feel like that mid table isn't far away. And, you know, as ridiculous as it was that we were in a playoff final two seasons ago when we were nowhere near good enough to be there, we were still there. You know, there's a, we, we can't... Two years later, we shouldn't be going into a season going, well, of course, we're going to be in a relegation battle. You know, there should be some hope there and some some remaining part of that team and that sort of, you know, that, that did what it did against all the odds and against any sort of real semblance of logic that we got anywhere close, you know, two years later, we shouldn't be resigning ourselves or 18 months later, even shouldn't be resigning ourselves yeah. to kind of, Oh yeah, here we go. Another season of relegation battle. Let's hope that they've got more belief than I think probably most town fans do have, which is, you know, <laughs> I think most, most, most town fans do think here we go again, but 
let's hope that they believe something better and bigger and that we can settle nicely into 15th and stay there and we'll all enjoy it for once. I'd love that this year. Uh, I really like that, so it was really galvanised, and then it was just like, and let's settle in 15. Everything. <laughs> oh, you got a touch of realism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's really go for it. Let's let's go into the lower mid table. <laughs> Stay there. Do you know what, lads? If you wait really hard, we might get 14. I know, yeah, yeah, I think we'll think we'll leave it there. But yeah, it is it is a must win. Uh, we we think, or certainly a, a must not lose. And we will see what the result is on Saturday. But I just want to say thanks to uh, Tom and Sarah for joining me. Thank you to you, listener, for tuning in, and thank to Magic Rock for sponsoring this podcast as always. Tom and I will be back to preview the next game, and we'll leave you there to tar for now and up the town. So town play on. Back to Huddersfield. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.